RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy, and I'm joined by all the usual suspects, minus one, Torres Finney, not in attendance tonight. He's uh, speaking to uh, our youth and uh, doing something much more constructive than what we are, I'd say. So uh, we've got a, another uh, another show tonight with uh, our eight rounds, uh, which we debuted last week. I'm joined by Greg Hopkins, as well as Justin Watson and Jeff Hobbs. And we've got uh, eight rounds to get through tonight, gentlemen. And uh, to to kind of recap how that goes to our listeners, since it's kind of a new thing, uh, we will uh, we'll begin with a more, you know, our recap discussion uh, type topics and uh, look ahead to UFC, but then we'll get into some more uh, uh, current events, if you will. We'll go around the horn, give our take on all of that good shit, and uh, and have this wrapped up in a nice, sweet valor hour as uh, we get ready to to come into the summer with a very very busy schedule. Uh, we'll lead off with round number one, of course, and that is going to be a recap and uh, reactions uh, to this past weekend's UFC event. It was a middleweight contest in the headline with uh, it was Robert Whitaker with a very master masterful performance with a uh, unanimous decision win over Kelvin Gastelum. Um, I'll send it around the horn, guys. Your overall take on this uh, on this event over anybody that uh, surprised you, anybody that, uh, you know, wowed you or disappointed you for that matter. We'll go to Hobbs to start. You know, my biggest uh, takeaway was just, you know, my uh, frustration with the co-main event falling off. Uh, that was the bout I was looking most forward to, I think, of the entire card. Um, you know, real excited about the Pena fight, uh, you know, watching him get, get, uh, get back on the winning, uh, winning streak here, winning train. Um, um, the uh, Al-Hassan fight, definitely disappointing to my bet card. Uh, that was a big shit taken on my parlay. Um, you know, Arlovsky Sherman, uh, I hate Chase Sherman now. It's official. I hate him. I loathe him. Uh, he screwed me over big time. Actually, I take that back. Al-Hassan, I stayed away from. Chase Sherman actually is the one that ruined my entire card. Uh, it was a, you know, it was tough watching him lose on all the cards, and you knew he was losing, but you know, at the end of the fight, begging as if he wanted more and like something, you know, like 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 Arlovsky wasn't bringing it to him. Uh, when it was him that should have been going for it, not standing back asking to come meet him in the middle. Uh, main event was great, though. Uh, Whitaker looks sharp, man. He has solidified himself as, um, you know, as as the next contender, I think. All right, let's go over to uh, Justin next. Yeah, I think Rob definitely took uh, all the questions out of who's the number one contender. Um, you know, it, it was there wasn't a round that you thought, that was close. I wonder who won that round. It was pretty obvious. Rob took every round. Kevin was landing some good shots. Um, and, it, you know, Rob was, was – you could see the damage on Rob's face afterwards. But um, altogether, you know, just a masterful performance by Rob. And um, I think that, that definitely solidifies him. Um, Tracy Cortez looked really good. Luis Pena um, able to, to stay off the wrestling of Mar- uh, Alex Munoz. Enough got the job done. Um, I thought that was, you know, a kind of a tough fight for Pena just to show, um, you know, Munoz is going to push and grind and um, he's, he's not going to quit. But um, Jessica Pena coming back after a super long layoff gets a win. It was a close fight. After the first round, the odds were insane against her. Um, and I wanted to jump on it and didn't have the nuts to do it. But she ended up getting a decision. It was a close fight, but I think she – she deserved that. And uh, GM3 getting back in the win column with a nice submission over Fabinski, put him to sleep. Uh, my, my take on UFC uh, this past weekend, uh, masterful performance. Like I said, Robert Whitaker, really, really nice. Uh, I think there's no doubt he's got to get the uh, next crack at the champ out of Sonya. Um, I, I didn't really get myself invested in the Arlovsky-Sherman fight. I kind of knew that wasn't going to be a, a super exciting one, and it didn't prove to be. Uh, and I, I've been burnt by Al-Hassan now three times since his return. It's my own ignorance. You know, the first time. 
yeah, I, I'll chalk that up uh, to bad luck. But after do- going back to the well two more times, I, I deserve this one. Lesson uh, that I just don't seem to take, even though I preach it all the time. You can't uh, fade bad fighters with with another bad fighter. Malcoon's terrible too, but uh, but you can't put your faith in another bad fighter just to beat to beat it to beat a bad fighter. You're trying to fade loser there for sure. Um, Luis Pena, uh, that was a close one. I, I thought maybe uh, Munoz got that one. To tell you the truth, there was a few close fights that I didn't agree with the decisions, and uh, and I gotta disagree with you on the Pena thing. I, I thought Godinez won that fight. That was robbery if ever there was uh, robbery when it comes to just damage taken. Pena had her back. I know a lot, but did very very little with it. Just having that position, I don't feel like it's enough to to dominate rounds and, and to and to win that fight. That was that was nuts to me. Uh, congrats to Gerald Mearshart, GM three, bounced back from two. Uh, knockout losses in a row and, and gets that finish over Fabinski. That was really solid too. And I'll let Greg wrap us up. Yeah. The thing that stood up to me the most was uh, <laughs> for the night, you guys have touched on everything here. I just want to touch on one exact thing. I know that uh, Justin mentioned something about Penny having nuts or something like that, but the only nuts that I think I hit that night was uh, Romanoff and him taking the W after that, him not calling it a no contest because it was so far into the third round. Don't get me t- like, don't get me wrong. I I won a lot of money because I had a lot of money on Romanov, but I don't think he deserved a, a dub in the UFC for that for that performance. I mean, but that was a big knee. If y'all remember that, that was huge. Uh, I also think that uh, Jessica Pinay got uh, got like you know, or, or Godinez has got she got robbed. Um, as far as the rest of uh, rest of the card, yeah, Al Hassan actually absolutely sucks. Uh, I'm, I'm never. I hope he's not. I don't. I hope I never have the chance to bet on him again. Uh, and uh, shout out to Andre Arlovsky, man. Uh, that was awesome. He won't miss a lane, too. Moving on, round number two. That is a uh, look ahead, and that is a big one this weekend, guys. This UFC uh, 261 pay-per-view, and uh, we're going to have fans. How exciting is that? Uh, you know, that's that's definitely uh, a, a very uh, exciting thing with a full house. I think the energy that we're going to get uh, from this UFC is going to be uh, bar none. Down there in Jacksonville, we've got three big title fights on the line. Uh, let's run through, uh, go around the horn here, guys. What fights are you looking forward to most? Any takes uh, on, uh, you know, any picks as far as the, the betting world goes? And uh, we'll let Justin start this time. Yeah, so obviously you got three uh, title fights at the top of the card. Um, all of them are, you know, pretty long odds, honestly. You know, Rosen and Whaley Zhang are the closest ones. Whaley is, uh, uh, you know, minus 200. Um, Rose is plus 170, I think. There's some value there, probably in Rose. Um, I think her footwork, her movement, Weili Zhang is she takes a lot of shots. She's super tough and gritty, and she's a great boxer. But she's she kind of is there to get hit. And uh, if you look at you know Joanna Janjic against Rose, and versus Joanna Janjic Janjic against uh, Weili Zhang, Rose pieced her up, and Weili had a tough fight with her. Um, but it's because you know. Whaley, she was there to get hit with Whaley and with, with Rose, Rose is not going to be there to get hit. I think so. Um, there's a potential upset. I think in that one, um, Usman and, and Masvidal, there's not much play there except for maybe, you know, something on, uh, the fight going the distance or, or tomorrow winning by decision just to get it low enough to, to try to play with. Um, I would probably take Shevchenko, uh, inside the distance so that you could have a little, um, a little room to play. There's no way to, to make a straight play on her. A uh, bunch of other good fights though. Chris Weidman, uh, Uriah Hall, uh, Anthony Smith, Jimmy Crute. Uh, those are probably two that I'm looking forward to uh, most outside the, of the, the main three. All right. As for me, uh, I'll go next. Uh, man, yeah, I think this is definitely your your definition of a, a top heavy card. But this is like what UFC pay per views used to be like. The, all of the pay per view card is is super good. You know, obviously the three title fights are uh, at the top of the card are awesome. Chris Weidman and Uriah Hall were set to uh, to main event their own card. It feels like at one time. And Anthony Smith, Jimmy Crude isn't that far out of the realm of expectation to headline a fight night type event. Uh, undercard looks less than inspiring. Very international. Uh, Randy Brown, Alex Oliveira should definitely be a fun fight. But uh, the rest of the undercard is is definitely uh, you know tough alumni and uh, Canadians and, and Chinamen. So uh, I'm looking more at the top of the card and, and tell you uh, just some quick picks from uh, from my perspective with the odds. I really really like uh, Wiley Zhang even at minus 200. Uh, I think she gets it done against Rose Namajunas. I think she just you know 
in a groove right now. I don't necessarily like the long odds on Usman uh, versus Masvidal, but I don't really think that plus 335 is enough to get me on board with Masvidal. So the only way to look at it is the total. And uh, I'm going to say that we do go uh, over uh, over the total of uh, three and a half rounds, which is minus 240. Not not a great number, but a, a pretty good parlay piece. I do think Masvidal will be will be in there and uh, and at least make it through uh, the first half of the fight. And uh, we'll turn it over to Greg Hopkins next. Um, as far as the uh, whole card goes, Justin basically hit every fight that I wanted to talk about. But I think there's a toss up right there and a no play for me on the Weidman and Hall because either either guy could win in that fight. Uh, I do like uh, Valentina inside the distance, just like Justin said. But I was looking at this card. This is a um, – it's China heavy. So, <laughs> I will say that um, the last time – or like just about every time they can go in a direction of where they're going, like you can you can put all of them on your DraftKings and more than likely you're going to come out on top. Now, I'm telling you right here, you got <laughs> Naya Liang. I can't even pronounce all these guys, these guys' names. I'm not going to try. You always make fun of me anyway. So, uh, but I would go China heavy on a parlay just for fun, just sprinkle a little bit on it, no more than that. But then you got Brandon Allen coming in here against Carl Robinson. That should be a good fight. Uh, if I was going to put some money on anybody, though, I'd have to go with Jimmy Crute right here because I'm not going to bet on Anthony Smith. That's not a fade over a bad fighter. There's a fade over a fighter that I think's done right now. And Jimmy Crute's probably going to finish him in the distance, I think. And uh, here you go, Tim. All right, and it'll be uh, Jeff Hobbs to wrap us up. Yeah, I mean, the main event obviously is exciting. I uh, can't wait for it. Um, you, know, you guys have already said it. I mean, it's a, it's a top-heavy card, and I uh, really don't have a lot of interest in the undercard, which is good. I got other things I can do and stay busy, and I don't have to tune in till 9 o'clock tonight uh, or that night. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, three title fights. I mean, you can't go wrong there. Um, I definitely like – uh, I like the champs and all of them to retain. Uh, betting wise, I agree with Greg. <clears throat> you know, the Weidman Hall fight uh, is one I'm looking forward to. I'm interested in. It intrigues me. Um, even though Weidman is, you know, um, a, a small underdog, if you look at the uh, the betting odds, you know, taking Weidman just with any any kind of sprinkle of anything on it, that will get you some plus odds. You know, I like. Uh, uh, you know, Weidman, uh, kind of a double chance, uh, Weidman TKO or points, you know, plus 135. Um, just, uh, you know, even if you just stepped on out there, Weidman by KO or TKO plus 850. So, I mean, there's some money to be made there. I think I know it can go either way, um, but there's money to make all be made all around in that fight, I think. All right, that'll bring us on to round number three. Let's get into uh, some more uh, current event topics, if you will. Uh, we're coming off of uh, the, this last weekend's uh, Ben Asker and Jake Paul fight. Justin, I'll let you lead off. Yeah, so uh, the Triller event was this weekend. I had it going with the UFC. I had it kind of just muted um, watching for the fights. The first fight took place, and it was um, you know some billionaire promoter or something from Miami against a rapper. Uh, from Jamaica, the promoter had like eight fights or something. I don't even know this kid, this guy's name, but uh, he kind of beat the shit out of uh, Raycon. Um, and then it was an hour and 45 minutes or something until the next fight. Um, the whole thing was just, just a shit show. We knew that was going to be the case going in, but um, I think they just tried to slow slow roll it and, and play to the main event with the UFC as much as they could. Um, Oscar De La Hoya was there and zooted out of his mind. He did all the cocaine in the world before he started commentating a little bit, uh, talking about his return. Um, Pete Davidson was there just talking all kinds of shit, but the Ben Askren fight itself was, was the worst part of the whole night. I think, you know, just see him, see him Ben get knocked out in under two minutes. Um, the referee, I think that this, he could have let it go. Ben was obviously uh, got dropped. It was a nice shot, but, Ben kind of walks fucked up anyway. He's like 40 and he's got a bad hip and stuff. So I don't know. Um, I don't think he necessarily took a dive, but I don't think Triller's going to let Jake Paul lose. That's their Conor McGregor. Um, so if something like that happens, you just have, kind of have to expect them to stop it. Like uh, I heard him say, actually, you know, if he goes to a wrestling tournament and one of his guys gets put on his back and, and uh, you know, at another team's gym, and they call it a pin, and his, his guy's complaining. He's like, look, you're at his gym. Don't get put on your back. If you get put on your back, they're, they're going to call it a pin. You're, you're at his gym. That's kind of how it went with this, I feel like. Um, Frank Muir didn't look bad, though, to be 
70 pounds heavier than uh, his opponent. He was fighting a legit world champion cruiserweight boxer. Um, and he made it, you know, went the distance, could have won a couple of the first rounds maybe. Uh, landed some decent shots, took some big shots too, uh, but stayed in it the whole time. So um, he at least uh, gave a, a decent accounting for himself, I guess. The co-main event was outrageous. It was two legit boxers, um, and there was a, a shot landed, I don't know, in the sixth or seventh round. It didn't even really land. It kind of went around the, the side and maybe landed on his hip a little bit. Um, and the guy red catch said, said that it was a nut shot and that he couldn't continue. And the footage was like very clear that it never touched his nuts, nor did it really even make much impact, but, uh, he was kind of getting tooled up there towards the end of the fight. So it went to a judge's scorecards and, um, it went to, uh, to a decision on that one. All right, Jeff. Yeah, man, it was a shit show. It was a circus. Um, but it is what it is, man. It's, you know, I hell, I'm old school. I like Snoop Dogg, uh, but I cannot stand having to listen to an entire event with them. So I'm like everybody else. I, I muted it as much as I could. Um, you, you know, Dana White coming out now and, and threatening legal action against uh, uh, Jake Paul and uh, and the whole promotion. Uh, you know, and and the question stands is, you know, why don't you box, leave MMA fighters alone? Why aren't you boxing other boxers? You know, this is ridiculous. Uh, you know, of course, what we expected, Jake Paul wins. Everybody in the MMA world calls it out and thinks that they should be the next one. So, you know, the unfortunate shitty part of this is Jake Paul has all the control. He holds everything in his hand. Uh, he calls the shots here when it comes to this, and he can pick and choose. Um it sucks balls, but you know, I'm fuck it. I tuned in. I waited until the last minute and I tuned in to watch the shit show. So I'm a sheep just like everybody else. You know, I I, I will agree that I, I tuned in as well just for the main event. I was keeping up with things as uh, as they progressed, but uh, they definitely slow rolled it with only four fights on their pay per view offering and it being still like a, nearly a four hour event. That was, uh, you know, dipping into lots of different honeypots. I guess you may have gotten some people that were, uh, you know, tuning in to see some of their favorite you know, uh, rap uh, artists perform. And, and then, of course, the Jake Paul stuff as well. You figure um, as many pay-per-views as they sold and then as many people that still watched it by nefarious means that they had a lot of motherfuckers watching that shit. So I can't hate on it too much, though, man. I mean, you know, this whole business is is the it, the fight game is is the entertainment game at the same time. And so they found something that works and people are willing to pay him for it. More power to him. It's not my cup of tea. It's not y'all's cup of tea, but it's obviously a lot of people's cup of tea. Greg. All right. I'll, I'll just kind of feed off of that. Your target audience for Jake Paul is what age group? Because like everybody knows that kid. Everybody knows him. But everybody hates him too that I know. Like I don't know why anybody I mean like you know, Love Raham, you're gonna tune in. But they sold like what one point five something million pay-per-views. They sold that. That's really good. But you had like fifty-eight million pirated at the same time. Uh so you need like the I don't I, I just gotta throw that out there. With that being said, this trailer, I, I was switching back and forth throughout the night. And uh and somebody, I don't know who's got all this damn money, but you had all these people there, like we just mentioned. That's a lot of fucking people there. That's a lot of money being thrown around. And I got a second what Jeff said, man. I do like Snoop Dogg. I love that. I love all of his music, and I just like that guy. But somebody's going to sit there. Like I just remembered as soon as the fight started, I don't know who was commentating. I don't remember, but all I heard was, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Who am I? What am I watching right now? So at the end of the day, you can come and decorate you know, this turd that you call Triller you can decorate it with all these fancy little shiny things. And at the end of the day, it's still just a piece of shit. So I, I thought it was horrible. I really don't want to see another one, uh, especially against a wrestler like Ben Askren. Put somebody out there who who can who can defend themselves. This guy just had hip surgery, like Justin said. I mean, Jesus Christ, he's 40. You've seen him at weigh-ins. If you bet on Ben Askren after seeing that weigh-ins, uh, fuck you. <laughs> That's your own fault. Um, you shouldn't have done that. So with that being said, uh, don't ever – I don't know. I, let's just all pirate it and like, you know, we'll all pirate it. Don't, don't buy no more. I don't, I don't know. Trailer's done for me. I don't want to watch a 12 minute Justin Bieber uh, solo of him just crying on stage and shit or whatever, but I'm done. I think my timer's up anyways. 
moving on, round number four, uh, we've got the Ultimate Fighter back. And so that's exciting. Uh, the, the Ultimate Fighter returns here uh, in just a few short weeks, it sounds like. 135, 185 pounders. They've already chosen the cast. So I guess they didn't have your typical auditioning process. Uh, this, by the way, will be by round. That's why I'm already rambling on about it. But uh, the two coaches uh, are, are exciting. That's uh, Brian Ortega and uh, Alex Volkanovsky. So ahead of their 145 pound uh, class, it's always cool to see the coaches go at it at the end of the season. I think Ortega is going to be good for uh, TV. Volkanovsky, I don't know that they're going to be able to draw uh, you know, the back and forth out of him like they've been able to do with some guys. But uh, definitely excited for it. I've seen some uh, pretty good prospects on there, uh, several from the Southeast. I see Trayshawn Gore from Atlanta's on there and uh, Brian Battle from North Carolina. So looks like it should be a strong season. I'm excited for it. What about you, Greg? Um, I always get excited for the tough series. I saw some meme on the internet earlier of Volkan. Sorry, Volkanovski. I saw him, and they said the only time that he ever smiles is when he's hurting people. There's a picture right after he kneed Aljamain Sterling right in the head. Like, right, he's down, and he was laughing about it, and he was smiling. And then you go look at his family picture, and his whole family is just like, huh? Oh, Peter Yawn. Oh, I'm so sorry. I apologize. Look at me. See, I always fuck these names up. I'm sitting here reading this, looking at that, saying this, saying that. Yeah. I know it is a beautiful story, but it's funny as shit if you look at that. So with that being said, I think that they're going to be able to drag some kind of emotion out of Peter Yawn after this one right here. I really do. So I think they're going to have a good one, uh, a good series right here with Huff. And then it's 185? Uh, 185. All 185? 185, 135, yeah. So, I mean, I'm anxious to see we got some Atlanta guys in there, and you know, from around the NFC and stuff. I'd like to see them all come up. All right. That's a uh, guy to qualify for Hall of Fame worst take ever. Let's move it on to Jeff. <laughs> Oh, shit. Who's it going to? I'm sorry. I went to Justin. Yeah, that was uh, – I think he still <laughs> thinks Peter Yawn is coaching the ultimate fighter. I don't know. But, um, yeah, man, I don't know. These guys uh, – it could be fun. I mean, Volkanovski's kind of opening himself up a little bit. He's got like a YouTube page going. Uh, he's got this thing. It's called like Cooking with Volk or something. It's kind of funny just um, him kind of getting his personality out there and – um, Ortega's, you know, personable guy. I think it's probably not going to be a real heated show. You're not going to be seeing like the rampage and uh, Rashad Evans type shit. But um, I think they'll they'll probably have a little banter back and forth uh, and have a little fun with it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm just looking forward to to having it back every week. I, I'm anxious to see it's going to be reformatted in a totally different layout and everything. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that's like. All right, Jeff Hobbs will uh, finish this one off. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those absence makes the heart grow fonder thing. You know, uh, they dipped out when the when the product was kind of getting stale. They came out with the contender series, which was, you know, minus the drama and, and all about the fights and the action. Uh, and so I think it's good timing. I think it's good timing. You've kind of left everybody wanting. And um, I, I think uh, I think it'll be received well. And I think everybody will be interested in getting back into uh, the storylines and uh, investing in, uh, you know, actual characters, uh, you know, on the show. So, you know, while we all agree, I don't think you're going to get the, uh, the coaching, um, drama that we've had in the past. Uh, I think obviously the contestant drama will always be there and it's going to give us something to look forward to, to watch again. Cause I don't watch a lot of network TV. So this will be a show I can, I can uh, sink my teeth back into and, um, you know, I'm glad it's coming back. I think it's time and I think we needed it. That is the uh, halfway point and we go on to round number five. This will be Greg Hopkins round. Uh, let's talk about some Corey Anderson and his money. All right. Talking about Corey Anderson, a uh, former winner of a tough series. <clears throat> well, he has claimed that in half a year, he's made more money in Bellator than he did with seven years in the UFC. Uh is this true? I don't know. Um, now, with that being said, you know, you got John Jones over here wanting $50 million to fight, you know, uh, Nganu, and you got all these other fighters wanting all this money. Uh, well, Corey Anderson, I don't know how much he was making in his last fights. And me and Justin were talking about like something like, what was it, Justin, uh, 75000 or something? What was it? His last fight with the UFC was seventy five and 75. So he lost, though, right? <laughs> so he, he made yeah, it. Correct. So he made yeah. seventy five thousand. Yeah, but that was his contract. That was seventy five, seventy five. 
So, but he was, I'm sure he's wanting more money on the back for a contract. And, you know, Bellator was more than welcoming to pay him that. But, and, I mean, if you beat, if you win the tough series, you got six figure contracts. So you're making a hundred thousand right out, right out the gate, you know, in, in what, three fights or something like that. So then you get re-signed and you're making 75 a fight plus 75. Uh, I'm, Corey's just not that big of a draw to me. And I don't think he's worth the money to, to have, to be paying him 75 and 75 in my opinion. But now he's saying he's making, He's got to be making over 200000 a fight now, and that's got to be coming from endorsements and sponsorships and stuff like that. So, like in my opinion, I think it's better, you know, for these other promotions that are letting you promote yourself instead of just having Venom on there and stuff. All right, we'll send it over to Hobbs. Yeah, I mean, we all know those those tough contracts, though. It, it, you don't you do not start off at, at six figures. You don't get a hundred thousand. You have to. It's tiered in a way that it builds as you you know as you win and as you go. But uh, I think you you know nailed it there. Uh, you know, do we know that that's true? We don't know that that's true. The whole six month compared to seven years. But what probably is true is you know, like you said, the sponsorship deals. You know, all these fighters, even in the UFC, have talked about how much they've lost. And sponsorships uh, because they can't uh, represent companies on their on their gear, and that could be where he's making up, you know, a lot of money and and probably tipping it over the edge with with a lot of money. But then again, you know, the money's coming from different places. It's coming from you know different, uh, you know, who's Bellator coming from? Paramount now. You know, the money's coming from different places. You add sponsorships on there. I mean, it. I, I guess it could be possible. Uh, that he's making that much. I mean, my question is, is when information like this gets out to the rest of the world, you know, you're seeing more and more fighters, you know, wait out their contracts. Uh, you know, Corey Anderson, um, uh, Pettis now with PFL, you know, there's got to be some truth to this money thing. If they're willing to leave the UFC and the name behind the UFC uh, to go, you know, other places and not sign, you know, contracts or extensions. So there's got to be some truth to making more money other places. Justin. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I guess with Paramount backing Bellator, they definitely have some more money. Um, but I, I don't. I can't find anywhere what he's actually making, what his purse is at Bellator, what his contract is at Bellator. I think that it definitely has to be him making all that money has to be a, a direct result of the sponsorships. Uh, Ryan Bader said when, when Corey Anderson signed that he was going to make way more money with Bellator, and I think that was – you know, kind of what he was alluding to was that um, just having the freedom of, of signing your own sponsors, uh, getting as, you know, you can have fucking seven, eight sponsors on your shorts. You know I mean? He, he can be making a couple hundred thousand dollars a fight probably off sponsorship money. Um, being on Showtime now, it's another big sp- sell to sponsors. Uh, but, you know, I don't know, man, the, the, the whole um, revenue share from from the ufc to the fighters has always been an issue uh, and you know i'm glad to see that there are other options so the, it's going to force the ufc's hand eventually they're building a brand and have been building a brand for a long time and they've been using the money to do that um, but i think it's time now to to start investing a little more into the athletes and um you know you've you got you've got your brand built now yeah, I can't disagree with with much of what anyone said there. Honestly, I think you guys have, have covered it pretty well. Uh, the sponsorship stuff is is obviously got to be uh, a big factor in this, and I think a lot of that just depends on who you are. If you're if you're fortunate enough to uh, have connections to to get those big dollar sponsorships, and you can litter your shorts with them, and you make more than you're making on a person UFC, not everyone's going to be able to do that. But uh, you've also got to figure with with Paramount uh, behind Bellator. There's lots of advertisers involved. Uh, with Paramount's various broadcasting uh, endeavors. And so uh, you, you would imagine that Bellator probably has the, uh, the ability to kind of uh, direct uh, some of those sponsorship dollars in particular fighters way as a bit of a bargaining chip. So yeah, good for the fighters. It's, it's certainly going to make the UFC, uh, you know, potentially have to, to raise their pay. I, I would think it's hard to say though with them because they're very, a very stubborn lot. It seems so a lot of the times they, they feel like their branding is, uh, is worth, uh, you know, guys just doing what they say to do. So uh, in, in the meantime, we're getting a lot of good competition coming up between Bellator and PFL and the like. Um, so uh, yeah, I, if anything, yeah, good, good for the fighters. That's going to do it for round five and uh, we'll move on to round six. This will be Jeff Hobbs round. Uh, I'll let you have at it, Jeff. Uh, we got a Tamayev talk. Yeah, Chamayev talk. Kamzat. Uh, he's back, man. He says he is ready to go, um, which is, you know, exciting for the MMA world. 
uh, you know, my question uh, that I posed tonight with my hot to- hot topic is, you know, how should the UFC, uh, you know, handle this return? He, um, you know, he was sick. You know, his manager came out and said, you know, the guy was close to death. Um, you know, so, you know, the, his battle with COVID was pretty damn serious. Um, you know, and, and I think for a while it was touch and go on whether or not he would even fight again. It was so bad. And, and like I said, life threatening. Uh, you know, there's been some weird ass stories come out about his battle with COVID. Uh, you know, Justin and I were talking earlier, uh, you know, about the story, you know, the interview he did um, with ESPN and, and, you know, making statements that really he didn't expound on. But, you know, about going to Vegas for treatment or, or getting, uh, you know, some treatment in Vegas with doctors. And, and I think the quote was they took some stuff out of me which is a really weird statement to make. Like, what the hell did they take out of you? You know, this this doesn't sound like any other procedure you've ever heard uh, with COVID treatment, you know, taking things out of you. So I don't know what the hell was going on with this treatment or what they might need to take out of his body or what kind of holistic, uh, you know, type shit he was getting himself into. But that being said, you know, he is raring to go and he's he's back at calling out the top guys in the division but, you know, my question, uh, you know, what makes this a hot topic for me is, is finding out what you guys think about, uh, you know, what the UFC's plan should be. Should they take his his past health here recently into account and start him back off slow, maybe with some, uh, you know, uh, safer, if you want to use that word, competition and kind of build his wind back up? I talked to a lot of people that have had COVID. Uh, you know, not every story is the same, but you hear a lot of them that just say, you know, it's been six months and I still feel it in my chest. I still get winded. Uh, should they play it safe? And, uh, you know, obviously give them a three rounder instead of a main event and, and maybe lower the level of that uh, competition. So I'm going to uh, shoot that over to uh, Justin. Let me hear what you got to say, man. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he, he came off of that Gerald Mearshart win and um, being was supposed to fight. Uh, uh, fucking Leon Edwards, you know, number three in the world at, at welterweight. So he shot right to the top, you know, from an unranked middleweight to, you know, number three um, welterweight who's waiting around for a title, basically. And um, then it then all this happened, and that's what's kept him out of this fight. I don't think you can throw him right back into that mix. I don't think that it's smart as his manager or the UFC if you're trying to, you know, really promote him to give him a, a top five guy, maybe – Give him somebody like, um, you know, now he's gone, but somebody like an Anthony Pettis, somebody that's a small 70 coming up that he's going to be a lot bigger than uh, with a big name that he can get a win over and, and get the feel back for it because you just don't know what's going to happen when he gets in there and, and starts pushing the lungs. Um, but you, you have to give him something with a decent profile, but at the same time, you know, you, you just can't – I don't think you throw him to the Sharks – uh, right away. And Ali said the same thing that, you know, he had an operation, but didn't really clarify what that uh, entailed. And I don't know, it seems kind of odd. I haven't heard of anybody having an operation yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what they do with him. Um, if they do send him straight to the top and he, you know, does what he's done so far and, you know, passes with flying colors and he's obviously the real fucking deal. Tim, what do you got to say, Tim? Ah, you know, uh, like you said, so many people come back from this stuff differently. We've seen some people come back from it and just be, you know, world beater and look, look like they haven't skipped a beat. We've seen some people just really struggle with it. So, you know, with these athletes being what we've been told anyway, as the least susceptible uh, demographic, if you will, to this stuff is, you know, they're in great shape. They don't have uh, as often the underlying conditions, if you will, that they say that makes it more dangerous for certain people. So um, I don't know, man, it's so it's so case by case that I don't think that, you know, the UFC can really take that into account in their matchmaking. Uh, And if if so, they certainly couldn't be public with it because, you know, what would the be the quote unquote B side? How do you frame that? You know, Chamayev, you know, he had he had COVID, but we're worried that he's not 100 percent healthy. So we're going to scale him back and, you know, he's going to fight Al Hassan now, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's a tough sell for sure. Greg, I'll let you wrap it up. I mean, you said everything right there. It's it's uh it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I hear the question that Jeff's asking, but um, man, you don't just you know bust up into the UFC and you know be a you know new fighter of the year or whatever the hell he was, you know, and then then this and then that, and then you get, and I understand that you had a serious case of something uh, that was COVID related, and you had some kind of surgery. 
I mean, in, in, I don't know. What do you? What you guys have said everything. I just don't know. Uh, I mean, but you, in, in Justin mentioned not to throw him to the wolves. But I mean, like, okay, so what do we do? We just keep padding his record up until he's ready. Because if he's calling him out, let him go. I mean, I mean, he's proved he's proved everybody else so far that he's head and shoulders above above anybody in the uh, middleweight or welterweight welterweight. So, uh, I mean, put him up against Usman. Let's go. Let's do it. Do it quick. He, had, he hasn't fought anybody in the top fifteen yet. Fuck it. <laughs> All right. Uh, that brings us into round seven. We're in the home stretch, guys. Two more rounds to go. And uh, now we're going to shift gears to some more uh, local talk. And round seven is uh, we're going to talk a bit about the Hydra Cup. It's coming up and it's the second installment. It is this Saturday night from Guardian MMA uh, down in Lebanon in Tennessee. That's right outside of Nashville. And uh, tickets are very limited, I will say. We're only going to have capacity for about 150 people there. So if you want to come check it out, it's a lot of fun. It's it's very different. And uh, you can get your tickets at fightertickswithanx.com or uh, you may get lucky and have some at the door. I wouldn't promise that, but uh, you maybe stay, t- stay tuned to our social media and uh, you know uh, we'll give you updates and, and where you can watch the pay-per-view as well. Uh, this is the second one that we've done. We had a lot of t- uh, fun with the first one. And, and now this one is even uh, even more hype in my opinion we've got uh another combat bjj tournament with uh this time the, the novices the white and blues will go at it instead of the advance uh 500 up for grabs uh we've got some uh some good names in this thing with, with uh andrew sturdivant uh the current uh, featherweight champion he he's involved uh we've also got uh zach lozano from over there in uh legion uh, bjj and uh, we've got uh we've got a brandon mcgee he's the primal combat 145 champion he's in the field that's another guy that uh that will be uh you know uh one of the favorites i would think and this is the again this is the combat bjj so they can do the open hand slaps um and as long as they're on the ground that is anyway uh we've got a uh, hunter gregory from uh cory robeson's uh phoenix mma so i'm not familiar with him i'm assuming if he's coming from Corey's squad he's going to be solid uh you know it's definitely a, a good field we got two guys from agogi uh also on there uh, that, uh hayden smith and um and blake randall are uh, competing uh, representing a on on this thing and um and then uh, shlomo boyd rounds out the field uh, uh so uh, he competed in the last one. Oh, and one more i left out Al- alex anderson is the home the hometown entry from guardian so uh looking forward to that and then we've also got uh in our our main feature is the uh, quartet tournament that is going to be an eight team tournament this time versus a four team tournament that we did last time we got a, a really badass, awesome, big old shiny cup to give out to a team and uh, two thousand uh, dollars as well. And uh, this thing is uh, it's loaded up, man. There's a uh, uh, just a hodgepodge of very, very talented grapplers. It's open as well, so it could be any rank. We've got uh, a Gogi fielding a very strong team with a uh, you know Sterling Peace. We'll see Connor Hodge come back, Grayson Dunn, Chance Gilbride, the uh, the current Primal Combat One Thirty Five champion, going for the Valor Championship here next month as well. Uh, we got nice guy submissions uh, out of Indiana with Bobby Emmons, Andrew Havner, and Jesse Real Child- uh, Jesse Ray Childry in the gang. Uh, Tennessee BJJ Academy's got a, another strong team as well, headed up by Emilio Hernandez. Uh, Guardian has a team uh, for the for the home squad. Uh, Brickhouse Martial Arts from Crossville's coming over. The Boyd brothers are in action as they team up with the Lewis brothers to make uh, a kind of a last minute for some there. Uh, and then rounding out the field, we've got a, a group from, uh, from Alabama, the pro grappling Federation, all stars out of uh, Decatur, Alabama with a really, really solid group of guys that have been doing uh, the PGF uh, competition over the last several months. And then uh, team chaos comes down from Ohio and they'll feature the valor 170 uh, amateur champion, Samaj Portis on that team. I'll send it around the horn guys, your uh, take on this thing this weekend. Uh, there are no standard bouts. Every bout on this thing is either a quartet, Combat BJJ or tag team. So we're uh, kind of going away from the norm uh, with uh, a lot of gimmick bouts, but I think it makes it a lot more interesting to uh, to your fans that are kind of crossing over from the MMA world and uh, kind of intermingling with the with the people from the grappling world. Uh, your take on the uh, the event this weekend? Any uh, any favorites? Anybody to watch out for? Uh, overall uh, take on the Hydra Cup two going down Saturday. Greg, I'll let you kick us off. Yeah, one I'm excited to watch here is Josh Maynard and Britton Lawson versus uh, the Lewis brothers because, you know, you got David Lewis is, uh, is just tearing it up in the cage right now. And you've got, and you've got, uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, you've got, 
and Jordan coming in, last time we see him fight, it was, was a slobber knocker every time he gets in the cage. So uh, that's not slap grappling, though. That's not, no, no, that's not just a, all right, yeah. But either way, right here, and Josh Maynard, he's a, he's, a, he's a big guy. I haven't got to see Brenton Lawson compete. I know the last time he did compete, it was in Battle Mountain. I'm excited to see Andrew Sturdivant and his dad, Roy. They came to uh, came to the first Hydra Cup and did, you know, had a really good showing for themselves. Uh, Shlomo is just all over the board, man. This guy is everywhere uh i just i mean like there i don't know he's every every single thing going like just uh he already gets like you know most outstanding you know i i don't know but what do you say competitor of the tournament i reckon but with that being said i know this is going to be pretty much like uh we're looking at western tennis like you know over there north towards nashville and this is going to be heavy up there and i know the pool of jiu-jitsu in there is just really heavy i've been up there to train a little bit and uh and those guys come game every time. There's a lot of wrestlers out of the group up there, uh, all the groups up there. I know I'm in a pedigo and stuff, and those guys are just wrestle and judo heavy. And then uh, and you got 10th Planet coming down there from Decatur, like you know Mark was talking about. He's happy to see them. Uh, it's going to be a lot, and I just I'm anxious to see how they do it in Lebanon this time. You know, so um, with that being said, we're going to go to Justin here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm not going to be able to make the trip, but I'll definitely be watching the pay per view. Um, the tag team matches are are just unique are you, are you doing this time are you going to do five seconds rather than three uh, yes I, yeah i should have mentioned that we are yeah we're moving to five seconds in between tags this time that's the only difference which i think it'll make it more a little more uh the tags will be a little more noteworthy yeah it gives them a little bit more time to play they can you know especially now um the start events kind of had a game plan last time you know the the dad would would tag in andrew and andrew would jump on north south choke um you know, when his dad was still holding guard. And um, so, you know, people are going to have the opportunity to kind of game plan towards that, you know, get it to a certain position near your corner and allow them to jump onto a submission um, and then back out. Uh, That's going to be really fun. The slap grappling is always a blast, you know, having these guys um, in the tournament, it kind of gives them, you know, most of these guys are MMA guys, you know, a lot of them are, and it gives them a little bit of a, you know, just more competition experience uh, without it going on their MMA record, but you're still getting smacked in the face, you know, and especially for guys who are jiu-jitsu heavy, um, it gives them an opportunity to kind of feel some of those strikes as they're trying to attack uh, some submissions and stuff and, and kind of figure out better ways to work out of it. Um, and then uh, the, the quartet, quintet, quartet is going to be, uh, it's going to be awesome, man, having some of the, you know, higher ranked belts this time um, competing in there. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to watching. All right, Hobbs, uh, wrap us up on this one. Yeah, a couple of things I'm excited. One, uh, just seeing how the returners from Hydro Cup 1 fare. Uh, I think they've got a leg up now, and I think they learned a lot about the strategy the first time around, uh, especially like we talked about the start event uh, uh, duo, man. Uh, they looked great in the last one, and uh, see if, uh, you know, the, the Agogi team, if, you know, they, they won, obviously, uh, the, the team competition last time, but there was always probably something that something that, you know, even with winning, you find something to do differently, uh, a way to tweak things. So I'm interested in how the returners do, um, now that they're a little more comfortable. Um, you know, I had a great time at the last one and I expect the same, uh, this time around, you know, the popularity of these kind of hybrid BJJ events is getting huge right now between, you know, quintets, quartets, uh, submission undergrounds. I mean, it's really a hot thing going on right now. So it's pretty cool to be, uh, you know, to branch off and be involved in that. Um, uh, as far as personally, um, a matchup that's not guaranteed, but I will be there, uh, with some anticipation, uh, and some calculation trying to figure out if it will happen or how it will happen will be the possibility of um, uh, Greg's man over in uh, Chattanooga, um, Gilbride, uh, possibly uh, finding the mat with Emilio Hernandez. I think uh, th- there'll be a, a lot of eyes on that one if for some reason that, that matchup ends up on the mat together. I think that'll be uh, an impressive display of – just scrambling and, and submission attempts. I think if those two get on the mat together uh, Saturday night, uh, I I'm, I think it'll make the whole event right there. It can be fireworks. That'll bring us on to our final round of the evening, guys. And uh, this is a bit, we set a nice pace tonight, guys. It's uh, congratulations. I like it. Uh, our, our final round of the evening is going to, uh, I'll let Jeff Hobbs actually uh, uh, present this one as uh, this one is a little more in his uh 
neck of the woods, but we talked about an announcement last week that we were close to being able to make that we weren't quite there, but now we're there. Hobbs, have at it. Round eight. All right, man. Yeah, we're excited. We wanted to announce it last week, but we weren't quite there yet. But uh, the details have been worked out and Valor is coming back to Nashville, Tennessee, July 10th. Uh, but it's not the valor that you guys are used to. This ain't your daddy's valor, as they would say. Um, local businessman here in Nashville, Taylor Hood, uh, who we actually saw fight in Nashville, uh, checking off a bucket list item and wanted to compete in amateur MMA and, uh, you know, had some interest in either starting his own promotion or uh, buying a promotion. Uh, but, you know, between talks with uh, myself and, and Tim and getting with the uh, Turner family at, at Valor Fighting Challenge, has decided to step on out and franchise the name, franchise the Valor name. So what that's going to do is that allows uh, Taylor to get his feet wet uh, in the uh, MMA world and uh, do it under the name of Valor. And we're excited about the, um, you know, about the possibilities here. You know, uh, Taylor's vision is, um, you know, while he it's going to still fall under the same standards and, and product quality that you would expect with the Valor show, uh, he's got a different vision and a different feel. And, you know, his idea is using today's fighters with today's production and and today's uh, production value and, and money that you're putting into it. But kind of give it that just raw uh, old school feel, you know, that he wants that feel to be uh, almost movie quality as far as, uh, you know, when fights were underground, when you had to go. Uh, in in a a basement somewhere or a parking garage or in an old warehouse and and see fights happen. Uh, so that's kind of the feel we're going with. Um, you know, he wants everything to be different. While, like I said, while Valor is presenting this uh, underground, uh, everything from the you know the logos and the artwork and the color scheme and and the way the uh, the venue is going to be set up is going to be different. It's going to be fun. Uh, he is a very successful businessman with a lot of connections here, and he's wanting to bring, you know, a lot of different aspects into a, a show in Nashville with his connections in the music industry and in the entertainment industry, uh, the liquor industry, and and just have a damn blast, man. He's um, and, I, and I'm excited, man. I can't wait. Uh, you know, we we booked our first match officially, an amateur fight that I think everybody's going to be excited about. Um you know, and we've got a lot of great ideas coming, man. So I'm, I'm excited. You know, those of you in the crew that are going to make it down, um, I'm telling you, it's going to be a, a revolution. You don't want to miss it. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, for sure. This is, uh, you know, a, a region that we've, we've definitely tried to uh, to keep busy over the years, but we, we stay with a, a very busy uh, schedule uh, in East Tennessee. And so uh, I'm really, really pumped to see uh, Taylor Hood kind of take the reins and start up a, uh, a a regular show out that way. Hopefully, hopefully it turns into that, especially, uh, you know, uh, Jeff uh, has already mentioned a lot of the ideas, the different uh, theming and uh, schematics that we're, we're going with that are just a different feel. Uh, the championship rings are definitely a, a really, really cool uh, touch that's that's different and unique. And I've already had lots of guys reach out saying, you know, how do I give you one of them rings? So uh, you got to go to the underground and, and come out with that bitch, man. So uh, it'll be it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. So uh, a different feel, a different vibe and uh, hopefully something that we can keep uh, keep rolling out there uh, in Middle Tennessee. Uh, Greg, you're you're thoughts man you've uh you know you, you've uh crossed paths with the nashville boys out there that it's a passionate bunch they've got some good fighters out there for sure oh absolutely yeah i've been back and forth with those guys uh plenty of times and uh i've actually trained in nashville at nashville mma before and uh i like a lot of those guys as well uh with that being said the way jeff is describing this it sounds like it could be a trailer I don't know. It's going to have music. It's going to have not, nah, but for real though, he has talked to me multiple times about this before uh, the ink was, uh, you know, dried up and everything like Tim said, but uh, uh, <laughs> I'm actually really excited about this. With that being said, Tim, I got to ask you, are they going to have title fights at this place? Is what's it what, I mean, they're going to win rings. Now they get to keep them rings straight up. Yeah. You know, no, they, well, I'll tell you the, the ring, uh, the Super Bowl ring that you see, is, is a prize that'll go to the main event winner. It has nothing to do. It's not uh, married to any weight class. Uh, if you're chosen to fight in the underground in the main event and you win, uh, you get that ring. So every show, the main event winner will get that customized uh, Super Bowl type uh, Valor underground ring. Um, again, we are in connection with Eric and Valor. And, you know, part of the deal was that Valor titles will be fair game on here. So, um, 
you know, with with sharing a matchmaker, uh, Valor titles will be online. And I'll tell you, we have a Valor title. The one bout that we have already closed is a Valor uh, amateur title. That'll be your amateur main event. So uh, the titles will be interchangeable. Why do you keep leaving us hanging with this one that you've already signed? You keep saying we have this one signed. And now you're you're telling us it's a uh, it's actually a title event. Now I want to know. I got to know. Like you can't tell us, I know, but listen. All right, so going on with this whole uh, with the, with the whole thing, I'm excited about this because Hood, you're up there in Nashville, and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of music stars in Nashville, so you're going to be able to bring a different genre to watch these fights, and we might pick up a lot of fans that'll make their way, and uh, we'll have a lot of fighters getting a bunch of bunch of clout off of this. So uh, I'm all about it, really. All right, Justin Watson, round us uh, round us off here, and that'll be uh, the final take of the show. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Just just hearing the way that Jeff describes it and what I know so far, um, it, you know, just kind of is the vibe that, you know, that when I, when I started getting into the sport, I guess, and, and figuring out that this was a sport, you know, it came because of the underground fight scene, I guess, um, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 years ago. And um, I was watching a movie last night called Fighting. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but <clears throat> it kind of reminds me of that, just like, that that feel uh in the promotion so i'm looking forward to see what it seeing what it's about um can't wait for july all right and that is going to wrap us up for all eight rounds hope you guys uh enjoyed this show we'll be back next week and uh we it was looks like we're two weeks out from uh the next valor show so next week uh we'll make sure one of our rounds will recap this hider cup for you guys let y'all know how it went down uh have a couple interviews lined up as well next week for uh leading up to to valor uh one for uh, valor 81 and one for valor 82 so uh once again out there we appreciate y'all taking the time to listen please like share subscribe uh wherever you're listening to this fine podcast and uh and also at our social media uh, if you want to shoot us a message and uh let us know of any ideas uh for any hot takes you want us to to cover we will certainly entertain them uh for all of my uh, my panelists and co-hosts here tonight uh we're going to sign off for uh this edition of the valor hour i'm your host tim loy we'll talk to y'all next week I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. <laughs>